Whispering Pine Summer Camp is twinned with the town of Sheridan. Visit Sheridan for its historic cobble market street, or the frankly improbable variety of rare birds found in the town's ancient woodland. If you want some quiet time, why not check out our local library? It has a whole wing donated by noted horror writer Calistaria Softbinding. Just be careful which books you check out. Some of them are real killer reads. Audio tours of Sheridan, guided by knowledgeable locals, are available from the Merely Roleplayers podcast. Visit merelyroleplayers.com for more information, or search your usual podcasting app for Merely Roleplayers. Welcome to What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This week, I am joined by the cast of Merely Roleplayers, Matt, Nat, Josh, and Strat for a one-shot of Sleepaway, a game of horror, dreams, and summer camp, written by Jay Dragon. In Sleepaway, players play as camp counsellors at a not-so-ordinary summer camp, which has been besieged by a strange and ominous cryptid. Isolated from civilization, the summer camp is seen by many as a beacon of safety, a refuge for misfit kids defined by their marginalization. As time pushes past, this camp also shelters survivors of that cryptid, known as the Lindworm, a shapeshifter that flays the skin of humans and hides within. As counselors of the summer camp, the players have each been traumatized by the Lindworm, in their own way. They remember little of that time. All they know is that they don't want anyone else to suffer at the hands of the Lindworm, and they will do anything to keep the camp safe, no matter what the cost. You can find out more information about Sleepaway and J-Dragon's other projects on Ichiko. I'll add links to it on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode's show notes. Sleepaway breaks up quite nicely into distinct sections. I'll go into each section before each part of the one-shot. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one-shot where the players and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. Whilst we always endeavour to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. And what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. So, let's start with character creation. Before the game can begin, each player must choose one of the character sheets to play and read the character introduction aloud for all to hear. Each player can start answering questions about their character, including what kind of eyes they have, what kind of body they have, what their gender is, and anything about their history and present. They will also choose a specific name and a set of pronouns which will be referred to in play. Finally, players will read their character's lore aloud and make sure the other players know it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to, well, what will be Sleepaway, our Whispering Pines. First thing we're going to do is look at our characters. So if we'll go round the table, if we start with Matt, can you sort of read out your character playbook and then we can go through the character creation for each character? So I'm, I'm playing the lifeguard. And uh, my little narrative is uh, that some people become lifeguards to avoid having to do the hard work at camp. 
but the lifeguard is not one of those people. It takes a special kind of strength to be willing to drop everything and jump into the waves to save a kid you've never met before. The lifeguard is here to protect their friends and the camp, weathering everything the universe could throw at them with the same dogged smile. The lifeguard is an unbreaking individual. Their power is in mutual aid, physical defense, and self-sacrifice. Brilliant. So let's let's go for the character creation for you. So if you scroll down to the bottom, we'll do everything apart from the questions because we'll come back once everyone's character has been done. So what what are you doing for your name? Uh, so uh, do you want me to read all the options for names or just the one I've picked? Uh, just I, I guess because we're all going to go through it. Read some of the options that speak to you, or, or you know, and then and then choose one. Uh, it's however you wish to do it. Yeah, I mean, all of the the lifeguard name options are quite like brisk and abrupt. So I've gone with uh, I've gone with a sharp name, and I think the sharp name that I'm going to go with is Pat. And Pat's pronouns. Uh, let's go with they them eyes. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with hardened eyes okay. uh, to go with the sharp name. Mm-hmm. Uh, for body, uh, I will choose coiled body and gender. The gender options that this game gives are just amazing. <laughs> I think. To go with all of those, I think Pat's gender is Lighthouse in the Darkness. <laughs> oh, amazing. Childhood fear. Mm-hmm. I think Pat's childhood fear is diseases undetected until it's too late. Mm. Um, things that are like invisible and that you can't like physically tackle someone out of the way of or, or save them from. Mm. Um, an outside relationship. Pat has an old house that they think of as home uh, outside the camp. Mm-hmm. And the final one, choose what keeps you working here. I ooh, I like the story potential of you've forgotten why but want to remember. Ooh, oh, very good. Oh, nice. Really good, really good. All right, uh, Nat. Yes. What playbook are you going for? I'm going with the crafter. Mm-hmm. And the crafter uh, believes there is magic in the world, the magic of the secret places that want to grow and thrive. All things are connected by this magic. Even the lintworm, as horrific as it is, must be connected to this order somehow. A crafter is responsible for teaching arts and crafts to campers, but is more importantly responsible for cultivating their sense of magic and connection to the arcane. Crafters listen to the call of the universe and respond with their own creative expression. The crafter is a quirky individual. Their power is in the subtle magic of the world, information from the greater world, and skill at creating new art. So immediately, I just love the potential of absolutely bonkers uh, Professor Trelawney type here. That is exactly what I was thinking as well when I read that. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, let's get started with your character then. So what uh, what name are you thinking of? What, what type? Uh so the types that it's given me, I can either have a unique name, a tongue twister name, a word that is normally not a name, and a name chosen to confuse. And I love the idea of a word that is not normally a name, and I wish I could come up with something immediately. I might have to come back to come that. Come back if to that's it, yeah. Right. Absolutely, go for it. But I feel she's she's definitely a she, her. Um, and actually, skipping down, I will come back to the, the look, but skipping down to the describe your gender, because I just want to come to those options again, because they are amazing. <laughs> so we have Priestess Femme, which I think is what I'm going to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking Kate Bush in the forest. Um, but 
She is all waft. I've played a wafty character before on the Merely Role Players, and I, I feel like this is my, my true calling. Uh, other options I could have had a grass lad, a turtle, <laughs> a cloud over the sun, a particular colour, and tree kisser, which I feel is a bit on the nose. <laughs> so we're going to go with Priestess Femme. And in terms of looks, I, I could have gleaming, mismatched, bright, honest, or exhausted eyes. Uh, I think I'm going to go gleaming. Because magic, obviously. Because magic. (laughs) Justification there. (laughs) Yeah. And she has a body built for listening. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) What it's like it's it's open, it's ready to receive. Oh right. Oh definitely Kate Bush then. (laughs) Yeah. Not just that you have massive ears. (laughs) (laughs) Like the elephant ones. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, childhood fears. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, flayed by wolves, drowning in a lake and no one hearing, getting caught kissing someone you shouldn't. That feels very basic. <laughs> Teeth falling out and you can't explain why. And the plot of Home Alone. <laughs> I feel like it's got to be drowning in a lake and no one hearing. Ooh. She's, she's feeling those Ophelia vibes. Mm. And choose your craft. Ooh. Augury, rune, magic, hexes and blessings, staring at fire. (laughs) Not doing anything with fire, just staring at it. Um, Embodied spellcraft, dream journeys, promises and protective wards. I feel like protective wards might be helpful. (laughs) Not that I'm metagaming or anything. What are you talking about? We're at summer camp. Nothing goes wrong Nothing's going to go wrong. No. No. I do quite like staring at fire, though. (laughs) Oh, that'd be really to... that'd be really nice if you were also the fire marshal and you're in charge of making sure there aren't any fires and you just stare at it. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got this and just stare. Just Trying to put it out down. with your mind. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with staring at fire. Yes. 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 No no protection for anyone. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Traits of the craft. Oh. Mm, and this you get to pick two of these. Traits of the craft of staring at fire. Interesting. Okay, so I've got, it cannot be used to lie, it cannot be used to spill blood, cannot cause death in any form, cannot be used with modern technology, cannot be taught easily. I quite like that. (laughs) (laughs) Stare in the fire, no one has any idea what I'm doing, and I I can't give that knowledge to anyone else. Like, it's too difficult to learn how to stare at fire. I like the idea, you just, you have like the the, the, the campers in front of you, like, you're doing it wrong, you know, like slap the back of their heads. hurt (laughs) and i feel like it cannot be used with modern technology as well you can't look at fire through a phone it's not the same it's not the same no No. brilliant and have you managed to think of a a name at all uh now then based on all of that Mm -hmm. oh ember very good very very good it's not amber because that would be too too mainstream ember (laughs) You just get uh, you just get them constantly. It's like no, it's ember, not yeah. amber. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Which especially if this is an American summer camp as well. Like, no, it's ember, not amber. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh well, welcome, uh, ember. Nice to meet you, Josh. Hello. What character playbook are you going for? Uh, I'm going for the fresh blood. Ooh which isn't quite as creepy and sanguine as it sounds, I hope. (laughs) Allow me to read for you. The fresh blood 
isn't really fresh. They've gone to this camp for longer than some of the administrators have worked here. They're fresh, however, in the sense that they only stopped being a counsellor in training this year. For the first time, they have to navigate their world anew. It is now full of strangeness, and they are surrounded by idols from their youth who have turned out to be not gods, but instead just regular people with regular lives and regular desires. The Lindworm has always been a campfire story, but watching their once mentors and newfound friends prepare for it feels impossible. The fresh blood is a naive individual. Their power is in youthful energy, genuine love untouched by age, and a heartfelt peer relationship with many of the campers. Oh, very good. I, f- I definitely feel that myself. Like, like, I'd be like, I don't know what to do at this point. So let's, uh, let's start. Obviously, the best place to start is with choosing your name. What names are you going for? Okay, so I have four options here. I have a common name, a quiet name, a name that blends in easily, or a name chosen to not raise eyebrows. And I'm going to go for a quiet name. Uh, and so I'm choosing first name Cole, because mm-hmm. that's quite a quiet name. <laughs> um, onomatopoeically, uh, uh, mm-hmm. assonant, assonantly, it's not very hard. It's cold, flows quite nicely. Uh, and my surname is Lindberg. Very good. Cole Lindberg. Uh, and I'm metagaming slightly because I'm taking the first syllable of Lindworm into my own name <laughs> so that if this creature does appear, uh, it freaks him the hell out. So Cole Lindberg. I, I like it. I like it. You're like, ready to stare down the Lindworm. I like it. Am, am um, I the Lindworm? Who knows? <laughs> Um, what pronouns does Cole go by? Cole is he, him. Describe your look, eyes. I really like these options in this game, by the way. Mm. Um, so the options for eyes are either chipper, feisty, playful, or earnest. Uh, I'm going to go with feisty eyes. Nice. Mm, bit of energy behind those eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, describing my body, uh, I've got either spry, lanky, chubby, or, and I quote, body that's still figuring itself out. <laughs> nice. And... I'm going to go for lanky because I'm playing very much from type. And as a man that has been lanky most of his adult life, uh, this that just seeing that word rings very true to me. But do you have feisty eyes, though? That's what I want to know. That's a very, that's a very good question. I don't know. Nobody's ever described them as being feisty before, but I shall. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to work on that. Yeah, maybe that's what you're working on in this game. That's fine. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it seems like feisty would be wild and darting and a little bit unable to keep concentration. So maybe. Who knows? I, I always think feisty is like Doctor Who assistant, because that's what they're mm. always described as, like, oh, you know, the new feisty assistant. You're like, ugh. <laughs> but it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, I've never heard the word feisty used to describe... Um, somebody who identifies as male it's normally mm-hmm. used to identify um uh, uh females who are normally quite small as well shorter short of stature so they're mm-hmm. like feisty do you know what i mean oh yeah absolutely though she be but little she is fierce she she is she is feisty exactly um <laughs> my sorry taking it on a slight tangent. that's all right my gender um oh i've got so many down here you do. I think the fresh blood has the most gender options. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm going to put. I have to think about that because there are lots of adjectives there to describe the gender. So I might have to come back to that. That's fine. That's fine. Choose my childhood fear. So my options are transforming into a wolf, going to school without any pants, suddenly becoming president of the United States, uh, being told to carry something and not being strong enough, or being lied to. 
so there's a lot of lot of wolf play going on with these character creations. I've noticed. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with. I mean, going to school without any pants. Surely that is most people's um, fear, unless you're something of an exhibitionist. Um, that's, that seems that seems a little broad. Uh, I'm going to go with being told to carry something and not being strong enough. Oh wow! I like it. I like it. I think that uh, Cole has perhaps got um, some some strength and body issues and being lanky um, and not having the requisite muscle density. It's a real, real worry that one day he's not going to be able to, yeah, he won't <laughs> be able to lift something up. My next one is choose your natural talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are wonderful. Um, superb fairy houses, winning at four square, whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> sick flips on the rope swing. <laughs> uh, well-timed puns, expert set design and creative t-shirts. Um, the puns one puts some pressure on I was going to say, I, I, if you go for that one, I, I will be expecting puns. So. I know, I might have to steer away from that one and disappoint everybody, because I think I'd be putting too much pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go with the one that made everyone laugh, I think, got the best reaction. Sick flips on the rope swing, bro. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. <laughs> Choose what you'll never live down. Did I get into a fight around the fire circle? Oh, the fire circle, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Try to kiss someone who wasn't into you. Oh, I know that feeling. Had a long-standing in-joke that wasn't very funny. Uh, a bit of a teenage heartthrob among the other camp- campers. Ooh. Had no friends, except at camp. <laughs> Had no friends, even at camp. <laughs> <laughs> no friends, just doing those sick flips on the road. Oh my god, yes! Yes! <laughs> no one is impressed by your sick uh, flips. Surely I'd have so many friends doing my sick flips. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with had no friends except at camp because I don't want to start this game with everybody hating me. So so I think that people back at home don't care about my sick flips, but people at camp are really impressed at my sick flips. You are are the cool kid in this particular spot. I like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, I'm going to have to go out to describe your gender Mm -hmm. again, I think. So I'm going to go with the word full, as in the opposite of empty. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, welcome, Cole. Thank you. Strats, what character did you go for for this game? I have gone for the Ropes Keeper, and on the Ropes Keeper, this has been written. The Ropes Keeper tends, uh, tends to the Ropes Course, the structure at the heart of the woods. They are an enigmatic... They are an enigmatic... I can't talk today. They are an enigmatic... They, they're just there. No one yeah, really knows yeah, anything yeah, about I, them. I, I think they're serious. They're an they're an enigmatic staff member, one who prefers the company of the wooden beams and tall trees to the presence of other staff or, heaven forbid, actual campers. Still, the Ropes Keeper is a vital part of the camp ecosystem and helps hold the entire community together with their stoic... Uh, Good luck with that one. Her- her- <laughs> hermeticism. <laughs> Anyone know that word? Nope. First time I've heard it. Okay. It's like uh, oh, quality, is it like a quality of being a hermit. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, look it up. Yes, Her- yes, yes. It is the quality of of hermitism. Yeah, a religious, philosophical, and esoteric tradition based primarily upon the writings attributed to Hermes uh, Trismegistus. More words I can't pronounce. So that's <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, that. The Ropes Keeper is a distant individual. Their power is in quick movement, sudden shows of cold kindness, and the forest itself. Ooh. Oh, very, very good. All right, let's, well, let's create your character. What name are you going for? So I have the choices of... If I 
Uh, I have the choices of an old name, a name said thoughtfully, a carefully chosen name, or a name with power behind it. And mm -hmm. I am going with a carefully chosen name. Mm -hmm. And this has been carefully chosen by me out of game to be Ashley Arbor, because I quickly went and found a complete list of knots. And there is one called an Ashley Bend or an Ashley Stopper. And there's another one called an Arbor Knot. Amazing. So Very good. He is, he is named after knots. <laughs> Fantastic. Pronouns, as suggested there, uh, will be he, him. Describe your look. Eyes, dull eyes, hardened, pointed or animal. Um, I think pointed eyes. I'm not sure if he's looking through you or at you. <laughs> Very much. Describe your look uh, body so I can have wide set body, tense, wiry, nimble, scarred. Um, I'm going to go with nimble. Always running up and down trees and swinging across ropes and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Describe your gender again. Just... That's so good. Um, and uh, I'm going to go for an ancient oak. Ancient oak. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I've got to choose these things about some relationship with the woods and things. So mm -hmm. I've got the question, choose how the woods first helped. Ooh, so I could have been running from a bully. The lindworm was trying to kill me. That's, that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, a wise mentor showed you its wisdom. A dream guided you between the branches. You were in love here once. Oh. Ooh. I think um I think he was running from a bully and found solace in the woods. So I got choose the woods impact. Ooh, so this is kind of ooh, I love all these things. Um <laughs> It's just, it, oh, okay. I need to read these. They're so beautiful. Uh, overwhelms with natural beauty, reveals spoken lies with birdsong, honors pain with a shared smile, tells the truth with venerable silence, and keeps promises with sunlight. Oh, it's just, I love this game already. It's, it's a very so well written game, is the Yeah, player. it's so cool. Um, it's incredibly evocative. Yeah. 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 This one's a really hard choice. I'm just going to say overwhelms with natural beauty because mm. I find that in nature a lot. I think we do need, need that now more than anything when we're all inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I want this this wood to be a a beautiful place. Um, and then the last one is choose why you still have friends. <laughs> um, you're funny. See, that's even more pressure than just puns, isn't it? At least, <laughs> at least with the puns one you're given away. Um, you give good advice, you listen, you're there for people when it matters. I, I'm going to go with your listen and, and go this kind of silent, distic stereotype. Maybe sometimes he, he's been listening. It's like that classic, someone talks a lot and go, thanks, you've really helped, and they've said nothing. They've just kind of sat there quietly. A, a person a few words. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they'll sit around the fire and nod a bit. I like, yeah, I like the idea that someone goes, goes like really deep and you go, but why? And you go, exactly. And then just go into <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, thank you, uh, Ashley. Nice to nice to meet you. So I I'm going last. Uh, I had the choice between uh, what was left, so that's the counselor or the athlete. And of course, I was like, well, I'll roll for it, and I got athlete. So hooray! 
always choose win, yells the athlete, both on the field and in life. The athlete is cold skill, emotion transformed into a furthering of the desire to do even better in the world. That's very Jeremy Clarkson, that, wasn't it? Oh. Uh, never, <laughs> assume, <laughs> never assume the athlete doesn't care, even if they never show it. Feelings come secondary to victory over the lindworm, to keep everyone else safe, to giving everyone else the space to process. Feelings are later. Win is now. <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, the athlete is a storming individual. Their power is in restrained fury, tragic heroism, and their physical ability. Wow. Goodness. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm here to save the day, everyone. It's going to be It's going to be fine. <laughs> Thank goodness. All right, so for me, uh, choose your name. So I have four options. I have a sturdy name, a dependable name, a name that hides who you are, and a name that can be used like a battering ram. I Well, it's going to be that fourth option, because... <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Um, I'll come back to actually thinking about that name. Describe your look. Eyes. That's who we've got. So I've got furious eyes, piercing eyes, burning eyes, and explosive eyes. I think just from that description, I'm going to go for explosive. I'm just going to be full of energy. I'm just going to be like, rah! Describe your look for the body. A coiled body, massive body, a tank of a body, or a blade of a body. Uh, mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm going to go for... Oh, let's go for a tank of a body. There's, there's, I'm, I feel like, not that I'd want to invite stereotypes, but whenever I think of athletes, obviously you think of like American jocks. So I think we'll go for tank for now. And we've got, we've got some like live, lanky, coiled individuals already. Exactly. So, mm, you know, yeah, good to mix it up. Exactly. Good, good, good. Describe your gender. A glaive, lightning, health goth, <laughs> uh, sports dyke, uh, barbarian or lonely king. I think health goth. Sounds excellent. That's amazing. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. Uh, choose your childhood fear. Wolves torturing your family, all your bones breaking, uh, a bully with a sharper weapon, slowly transforming into a statue, a doll that can control you, getting robbed and killed. Uh, <laughs> I think, I feel like, because uh, sports are such an important part of this character, I feel like breaking all your bones, because uh, then you can't play any sports and you can't do anything athletic. Uh, which would be terrifying. All right, and then I've got choose your contraband weapon. Ooh, loads of options. Uh, um, From the selection of options, I've got baseball bat, a broadsword, an ex-ACO knife, whatever that is. Uh, I think it's like a a Stanley knife, isn't it? Oh, God. Oh, oh, no. Explosives. (laughs) (laughs) Um, An axe with barbed wire, a chainsaw, a butterfly knife, Brass knuckles or spiked chain. These are all very, uh, very grim weapons for an athlete to have to hand. I think I'm. I think I'm just going to go for the. I'm going to go basic and just go for a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, I heard that one. I thought, oh, okay, yeah, it's all going to be stuff that you'd find in the campsite. No, an axe with barbed wire. A that's chainsaw. <laughs> like, mm, so yeah, it's quite medieval, isn't it? Considering <laughs> yeah. when this is set, I mean, it's certainly contraband. I'm also interested to consider how an axe with barbed wire works obviously like a baseball bat wrapped with barbed wire mm. makes sense but the axe already has a blade mm. where's the barbed wire going does it go like around like the the head of the axe or like down it probably wouldn't be down the shaft of the axe because otherwise you'd hurt your hands yeah if, if it was around the head of it though you'd struggle to pull it out were you to throw it uh, to, to hurt somebody with it right it gets stuck yeah. in their clothes so 
Who knows? So the baseball bat is contraband, but surely if we're doing sports, then a regular baseball bat wouldn't be contraband. So is there something special about the Ooh, baseball bat? Yes. Well, that's it. Is well, it? we've got we've got describe the contraband weapon, so I can mm. pick two qualities. And Ooh. so let's see. Uh, it has been used to protect others a thousand times. It has your name carved into it. Uh, something everyone knows knows you by. Ties to self-destructive tendencies. Proof of your heroism. Uh, used to defend yourself from your fear, or it or something like it was given by a mentor. Uh, I think what I will do then, I am going to choose used to defend yourself against your fear. And it's something everyone else knows you by. So I think the reason why this particular uh, bat is uh, contraband is that (laughs) basically I feel like I am always talking about baseball and I just can't can't get enough of it. And so it's got to that point where I've been told I can't, I'm not allowed to bring it to camp. I've got, you know, the whole point of this camp is to be more well-rounded individuals and, you know, test new things. So they've actually banned <laughs> baseball. And we've got to do more nice things because obviously it's like, it's not like, say, like nothing wrong with competition, but like when I win, I guess I'm one of those sore winners. It's like, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, what did, what did this individual do previously that meant that baseball was banned? Did you like rugby tackle a five-year-old to the ground or something when you're trying to do a home run? Or Oh yeah, that sort of thing. You know when someone's like running around doing like a home run and I would just try and I, you know, try and stop them, I will just like trip them up or, or like sl- also slide and go into them. Probably do you remember a couple, someone. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Boris Johnson was in Japan and he was playing a touch rugby <laughs> game against some Japanese school kids and he just absolutely <laughs> ploughed through one of them with his That's elbow. Bad. That is exactly it. Just like, no! <laughs> exactly that uh, and then I'll come back to the name uh, so uh, a name that can be used like a battering ram I'm going to have to go for something off the top of my head we will go for uh, sod it we'll go for Brian that's the only name that came to my head <laughs> so Brian uh, will be that and I'll use he him for that as well amazing <laughs> right um, so now what we're going to do we're going to go round and do uh, questions so we'll go in the same order again so uh, Pat uh, what are your questions or what questions are you going to choose? So the the two that I'm going to choose, I haven't decided who to ask them to yet. That's okay. But I'm going to ask, uh, how did I save you from metaphorically drowning? And when's the last time we fought? Mm-hmm. Um, so who might I have saved from metaphorically drowning? Um, I think that might be an interesting one to ask Brian given oh. that Brian is not a character who seems like he needs saving a lot. So I think it would be interesting to see if we can find something about that out, find like some sort of vulnerability. Nice. Um, I would say uh, the last time, how did you save me from metaphorically drowning? Ooh, I think that, as you can tell, sort of Brian, <laughs> unlike myself, is very bombastic. Um, and I think... Or it would have been the first time we've ever been to camp. So when we all sort of met, when we were actual campers, I think everyone else was quite frightened of me because obviously I'm maybe slightly bigger than the other kids and the way I act. And as a result, I was probably left alone in one of the lunch uh, at lunch. And I was quite, you know, no one would wanted to talk to me or anything like that. So it felt like socially that I was sort of drowning, not having the connections. And you were the first person that came over and sort of started talking to me about what you enjoy and stuff and then and then you i guess you listened to um my baseball chat which <laughs> let me tell you i i can't wait to talk about <laughs> <laughs> ready on that but yeah i think like when we first met as uh, as kids when we first became friends was 
uh, I no one was wanted to talk to me because uh, I'm I I looked very different. Uh, I looked scary, and then you you just plucked up the courage to to talk to me and save me from not having any friends on, on our first uh, summer camp. That sounds great. I, I like Brian more already. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time we fought? Mm-hmm. So th- think... this this will be for do it to a different character, to a different person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think I will ask this one to Ashley. Um, I think the last time we fought would be... I think you possibly... um, You borrowed some rope thinking that you need to do something, maybe re-put some rope on a a life ring or something by the lake because it had rotted and you just need some more. And you took it from the rope that is meant for the uh, the woods and i was uh, i was very cross at that that you'd done it without asking my permission i probably spun it as though maybe you'd taken some rope that could have made it dangerous for all of the campers and everything to be on the rope course but it's probably just that i felt like you'd gone into my safe space and taken something i'd have definitely had to fight back at the suggestion that I had endangered campers. That's not what I do. I'm not like that. That's probably then why it was a fight rather than me being upset and you saying sorry. Yeah. That I, uh, I, I poked you in the wrong place there. <laughs> yeah, I especially like the idea that because actually you were so connected to the woods as well that the, the woods told you in some way that something's wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I heard it in the uh, the rustling of the, the trees. The wind through the ropes was singing wrong. Yeah, a particularly distraught looking squirrel. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it jumps from like rope to rope and then it just falls. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, Ember, what are your questions? Mm. Okay, so the first one I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask to Cole because he's not been asked a question yet and I'm going to ask why did you abandon the craft Ooh, interesting so let me briefly just tell you about the concept I've got for Cole I think Cole is fresh blood but as um as it said in the intro he's been here for quite a long time I think he's actually older than most um uh, uh newbie counselors are I think he's been overlooked and so he's been doing a lot of the, the, the grunt work and been at the camp and sort of been um, sort of uh, sort of assistant level or, you know, cleans the toilets and does the grunt work for a long time. And so he's sort of been around for a few years longer. And when you're, when you're young, when you're teenagers, like a two-year age difference is really, really big. So he's kind of a little bit of a tragic character that he hasn't been able to be promoted to this point yet. And so that's why he's so excited to finally be uh, a counsellor. So... Uh, Sorry, I went on a tangent there. Could you repeat the question? That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so the question was, why did you abandon the craft? Okay, uh, I think that there was an incident that happened while you were teaching me the craft, or we were working together in this sort of weird, spooky witchcraft and wizardry, um, juridic practice, whatever it is that you do sitting around the fire. Um, so I think, oh, I think that when we were sitting together and you were teaching me fire watching, mm. I think I saw something in the flames that deeply, deeply troubled me. Mm. Maybe it was a vision of the future or a vision of something that's happened in my past, but I found the whole thing quite traumatic. And as a character that's quite used to being sort of quite energetic and quite in control and being like, yeah, I'm, I'm in charge of the camp. I can do this. I can run around and I clean up. And the fact that he's seen something that's outside of his control really, really spooked him. And so he sort of shut all of his 
uh, brought all the emotional barriers down. I didn't yeah. want to explore that anymore. Awesome. That's too really cool. deep for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then my second question, uh, which I feel like is is too obvious to to give to Pat. <laughs> so I, I'm going to give it to Ashley instead. How did you rescue me? Oh, okay. I think you had gone into the woods to uh, practice some of your craft, maybe something that you haven't tried before, something mm -hmm. a little bit more powerful, something you felt you had to do away from the camp, so you went it, it, and away from people, just in case it went wrong, because um, it was one of those things that could be a little, a little dangerous. Uh, and so you went into the, the woods to do it, not realizing, of course, that Ashley is always in the woods and is never <laughs> near people. Um, and I think the uh, whatever you were doing was getting out of hand and uh, something in the woods alerted me to that. I kind of get the sense it, like you were in the middle of it, perhaps only just noticing that something was about to go wrong. And I kind of just suddenly barreled out of the undergrowth and kind of just like, rugby tackled you to the floor to break your conversation because um, yeah. I felt something was wrong. So it was right on the brink of something bad happening. Mm. Um, whether or not you thanked me, I think, would be in question because it maybe you thought you could keep it under control and that I had ruined it more than saved you, but I'm pretty sure that I saved you. Yeah. I think I think maybe it would have been a out of uh, habit, perhaps acknowledged that you probably did something it was it was for the best that you did that so mm. probably would have thanked you out of habit but i think there is part of ember that is is begrudging of it <laughs> as well that is fair i like that i like that you just sort of say like oh uh, thanks ashley oh god <laughs> like yeah now 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 you owe him one <laughs> yeah it's that but also like deep down i know that he doesn't believe i can do it <sighs> Whoa. Oh, we'll have to get into that. Brilliant. So those, those are your two questions. <laughs> those are my two questions. Brilliant. Okay, Cole, what are your questions? Question number one. Why do I still resent you after all these years? I'm asking that to Pat. Ooh. There's a sort of... Uh, I'm going immediately to the obvious thing of I was... I made it to full counsellor before you. Ooh. So... Maybe, maybe we were on similar tracks uh, when we were both either just campers or student counsellors, like junior counsellors. And maybe you feel like I was given more attention, maybe more mentorship than you. And so I ended up, Pat ended up being, making it to full counsellor status. Maybe we had a, some sort of, either a pact or like an unspoken thing that we would become full counsellors together. Mm. But then when I when Pat got the opportunity to be made full counsellor and you weren't, Pat took it anyway. You left me behind, you Zuckerberged me. <laughs> uh, my second question, uh, how did you teach me the most important lesson I could learn? And I'm going to ask this to the person that's in charge of the rope swing, uh, Ashley. Okay. 
the most important lesson you could learn? I feel I spend a lot of time in your immediate area because I love the rope swing and I love the, the climbing. Oh, do you? oh, of course, because you're, you're flipping flips. off sweet flips off the ropes. Exactly. Um, I think the greatest lesson I had taught you, and it was kind of a, a metaphor that maybe you have read a little bit too much into, um, and perhaps Ashley didn't even intend it to be much of a metaphor and that it was just literal and you've taken it a little bit more figuratively than you should have done. So that when it comes to setting up rope swings and tree climbings, people think it's the the ropes and the, uh, it's the knots that, that provide the strength and the safety, but actually it's choosing the right trees to attach those ropes to, which is, he's just like, that is true. That's how you want to make rope swings. But I think you may have taken it as a bit more of a... And I'm like, wow, that's so deep, bro. Yeah, deep, that's literally deep. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, no, no, it is literally the trees. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Inside us. <laughs> so what you're saying is, I am the tree and you're the rope. It's like, no, it's not, that's <laughs> no, not what no, I it's like. It's just like, if you find a really good solid branch, like don't tie it to a rotten one. Great, great. So <laughs> I who... see. Get rid of toxic friendships. Yes, yes, I guess. <laughs> we all need to remove the rotten branch from ourselves, don't we? <laughs> Well, then we'll go on to Ashley. Do you want to ask your two questions then? Seeing uh, as uh, me and Cole seem to have a bit of a woodland connection, this one makes sense to us right back at you. Uh, what happened to make you seek refuge in my woods? Ooh. And I would like to underline that I consider these my woods. <laughs> I think that Cole has been at the campsite for a very long time. And I think that he's, he arrives many months before camp season starts and leaves very you know, many months after it ends. And so I think that um, having spent so much time there and seeing how much change had happened and perhaps from seeing his supposed packed brother uh, uh, go off and be promoted ahead of him, I think he was looking for sanctity elsewhere. And I think the woods are a place that he, uh, he was naturally drawn to. I think he felt betrayed by um, by the sort of the, the, the camp, camp HQ where he usually spent a lot of his time and he just needed to get away from there. He needed to um, find a new place, a new outlet for his manic energy, for his feisty eyes. And so he, <laughs> he started climbing trees and swinging on ropes and crawling around in, in, in the undergrowth and uh, got rid of a lot of his energy that way. Uh, and I, I think there was, yeah, there was, it was like a fresh start for him. Question two. Um, I'll throw this one out to uh, Brian. No? Okay. How did you perceive me when you saw me at my most vulnerable Ooh. I know, right? Good question. That is a good question. It would have been the same sort of thing, like, sort of early on uh, in our, uh, maybe in our training, maybe a few years beyond from that graduation from sort of campers to counsellors in training. Hmm. I think we would have all had to take, like, you know how, like, in, in primary schools, we all had to take, you know, basic science, math, English. I think we'd all have to take basics in everything so that everyone has to learn how to um run a fire drill everyone else has to run um you know a, a lesson plan of some sort before specializing mm. i think we would all have to do a, a basic uh swimming thing and whilst obviously um pat was obviously the best at it and we're all sort of we're all it's one of those i can imagine it just being a very cold summer morning like really early we're all there in our sort of various swimming trunks and stuff and we all have to jump in and just like don't worry about stuff and i think you were the last person to jump in mm -hmm. and 
I guess because it's so out of your element. You like being surrounded by trees. You like being surrounded by foliage. You where you can disappear to it, whereas out on the say the dock towards the lake or, or the lake, um, the banks of the lake, where whether we decide to put it, you looked really vulnerable because it's just like it's so out of your element. You're so exposed, and then mm-hmm. going into the water where everyone else is, and it's this. Oh, this um, I guess there's the uh, the contrast, right? So compared to the trees which are close and quiet, like the sound sometimes gets deadened. Out in the water, the sound is sort of amplified. There's people splashing, there's people laughing and stuff. And it's just a cacophony of noise. Mm-hmm. And I think you were just maybe overwhelmed by it. Okay. Was there another part of this question? Sorry, I was just saying a lot no, about no, you. No, 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 no. It's how I saw you, right? Yeah, yeah, it's how oh. you perceived me, yeah. Yeah, okay. But it, it didn't specify what my uh, most vulnerable moment was, so... Oh, well, whoops, okay. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. It's, I, would, I was interested to know what it was, and so... And I think I would have seen that, but not done anything about it, because oh. I, would, I wouldn't know what to do. That's why I was wondering if it said if I did anything. I no. think I would not have done anything about it. I would have seen it. And then maybe dived under the water and pretend it didn't happen, didn't see you like that. So you perceived it as to be kind of something personal uh, and not to be commented on. I I would say it would have been more awkward in right. the sense of like, oh, I see someone else is having difficulties. Oh, I yeah, it's like sort of like I I can empathize, but I don't know how to deal with my own issues and i don't know i don't know you at all and having that reaction earlier on i think people are scared of me um so i just go up oh, it's like just noping out of a situation and yeah. i just would have turned my back on it and not yeah not commented on it and not done anything about it so they didn't think anything you didn't think anything less of ashley no but if ashley had noticed he may have felt like you had been dismissive of it or felt perhaps I think you would have seen it as being dismissive of me, but right, I, okay. I would have, I, I would have felt like, oh, I, I, I recognise that, and I don't like recognising that feeling, so I'm sure. gonna, I'm gonna remove myself from that situation. You see Got what it. I mean? Yep, yep, yep. It's now me, my questions, right? So I have, yep, two questions. I am going to go for Pat. I'm going to ask you this question: uh, Why do I feel okay opening up to you? Um, ooh, difficult one. Uh, let me think. Maybe just because Pat doesn't judge, or, or you you trust Pat not to judge. Uh, it's not that they're sort of magically good listener in the same way that Ashley is, mm-hmm. and always gives good advice necessarily. It's just that you know that um, whatever you tell Pat, they'll kind of accept it, and um, and yeah, not not try and make out that it's your fault or something that you ought to have fixed or anything like that. Nice. No, I like that. I think that's good. And then I'm going to ask a question to Ember, if that's all right. We've, we've already had this question, but I think it's a good <laughs> one. So how did you perceive me when you saw me at my most vulnerable? Ah, okay. I I wonder if... Okay, so maybe there was um, at the end of a, a long day of camp and the, there was the usual kind of like round the campfire kind of huddling, bit of food, maybe a bit of songs and that kind of thing. Um, and then as it was dying down, people were going off to bed. I was uh, at the fire doing my thing. Um, I think that Brian had, for some reason in that moment, felt that he was safe. Like, as much as he probably thinks that Ember is a bit bananas, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think 
is one of those like when you when you're around people that you know and trust actually sometimes it's quite hard to talk about deeply personal things but when you're around people who you actually don't feel connected to sometimes it can be easier mm-hmm. so I think maybe um he had some personal stuff going on that suddenly he was like actually you know what? I can talk to her about it and he and Ember probably responded by switching out of um her kind of spacey woo-woo and kind of actually genuinely connecting with him for a moment. And she she saw the truth of him, mm. I think. And I think, I don't know how comfortable he is about that now, but I think she, in her mind, she stared into Brian the same way that she stares into fire. Whoa. <laughs> The idea that Brian wanted to talk to em- talk to someone and just, I guess, you know, it's that sort of thing where you want to voice feelings out, but you, you don't necessarily want to be told the truth. You want people to agree with you. And I think you saw mm. straight through uh, Brian's sort of like, I, would, I don't want to say like brick wall that he's built up because obviously he's like, ah, sports is life. Mm. Um, but seeing through that and seeing like a vulnerable person, it, yeah, I would say that it's completely frightened Brian. And so he's maybe a bit wary of you as a result. Like, oh no, you've got this this thing on me, which, mm. you know, is, as adults, we're like, that's totally cool and I appreciate yeah. it. But like, as teenagers, you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So does, does, does Ember just stand watching people staring at them from opposite <laughs> ends of the uh, I of think the she does. I think that, and every I, now and again just goes, ah. Oh yeah. my God, yes. <laughs> I just, yeah, I like the idea. You, when you want to look deeper, you just you put like your hand, your, your, your fingers to your temple and you squint like Professor X. Like, <laughs> not, <laughs> even, not even like in a, a subtle, just kind of arms crossed, staring, strokey chin kind of way. Actually like fingers like, to the temple. Stick your hands out like this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or just she just walks past people and like strokes their face, and you're like, it's it's okay, I understand, and we just walk off. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> the last thing we've got to do on the characters is read out our laws. So we'll go round again, and so just read it out so that everyone knows essentially. So Pat, what is your law? My lure is uh, every time someone asks for my help to stay afloat, they gain a token. Ember, what is your law? Every time someone questions my eccentric worldview, they get a token. Oh my goodness. I think everyone's going to get a token from you oh at some point. Yeah. It's going to be XP, XP, XP. Go, go, go. Brilliant. Okay, Cole, what's your lure? Every time someone acknowledges what they can learn from you, they get a token. Mm. Ashley. Every time someone runs to your woods to escape a problem, they get a token. <laughs> Everybody come to my words. Word party. <laughs> the tokens bring all the people to your words. <laughs> They're like, these are really good words. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, and then my lure as the athlete is every time someone respects you and your autonomy, they get a token. So good luck with that one, chaps. Uh... <laughs> Making a heartfelt connection in a dewy field glimpsing an unwelcome visitor in the woodline, stewing on unspoken thoughts while sunlight beats us into stillness, speaking our fears over the fire, fleeing the monster wearing a friend's skin. These may all be part of a game, moments of the conversation. Players add to these moments by making moves, 
Whenever a player wants to take action upon the world or take their turn in a conversation, they make a move, sometimes through their character and sometimes in different ways, such as a setting element or a ritual. Moves push the story forward and allow players to act upon the world. The most common moves that players will ever make are take action and leave yourself vulnerable and invite the Lindworm to act upon the group. When in doubt, players should always make a move. When players make a move, they must name the move they are making, follow what it says, and add it to the fiction. There are three kinds of moves, strong, regular, and weak. Strong moves put the characters in a better position going forward. Weak moves leave characters worse off or in a more painful place. And regular moves offer mixed results. Players can't make strong moves all the time, because they must spend a token to make a strong move, and all players start the game with zero tokens. To get tokens, players must make weak moves or engage with other characters' narratives by fulfilling their lure. The world isn't just the characters. It's also the misty lake with its splintered dock, the cool woods and the wine of mosquitoes, the sunny field. It's all the campers, those lovable weirdos. It's the traditions we've kept and those we have lost, and even the strange magics at the edge of all things. Whenever it feels right, players can pick up one of the setting elements and have it support the game. Whilst holding it, they control that aspect of the world. Sometimes that setting element will be literal. Sometimes it won't. Setting elements let players make moves beyond those that are available on their character sheets. These moves add to the conversation just like any move, except setting elements never have to worry about tokens. At the beginning of play, each player must choose a setting element sheet to hold and represent at the start of the game. So we've got... The field, woods, the lake, campers, magic and strangeness. And we all have one to look after from the beginning. I will say the only one that is already sort of predetermined is the woods. Ironically enough, that it goes straight to the ropes keeper. <laughs> so you will already have that. Is there any other element that speaks to people? And then we can go around in the same order as before. It actually says on the magic, the crafter begins with the magic, but should put it down quickly. Perfect. Well, then then you start so. with the magic one. That's perfect. Excellent. And I have one that I'm not allowed to start with and shouldn't pick up uh, under most circumstances, which is the lake. Right. So which one would you like to pick up, Pat? So I think I'm narrowed down to the field, the campers or the strangeness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll challenge myself uh, and start with the campers. Nice. All right. So when you start with an element, you get to choose two sort of uh, elements to go with it and those are sort of locked in for the rest of the game so is this for each camper choose two genders yes uh so, oh i see sorry I've, I've mistaken so yes so basically when we create campers they are essentially like ourselves anyone can play them uh, multiple people can play them every time we create one uh, whoever's holding this can uh, choose the two genders from the column and then just we can copy and paste it and have them to hand essentially so uh, you can have a read through just now, but we're not going to create any campers just yet. And it's uh, it's a good long list of genders like uh, like the fresh blood gets. 
Excellent. All right. Well, then we'll move on. Uh, Ember, you're you're picking Mm. up uh, magic. Yes. So what visual metaphors are you picking? Uh, Let's see. Okay. Well, I feel like... Flaming embers is too on the nose. <laughs> let's let's have let's have some diversity of magic here. So I uh, I really like a specific knobbled tree, and that ties Ooh. in a lot with the woods as well. Nice. And then I think to tie in with ember and myself, I think we're going to go with fireflies as well. Oh, nice! Very nice. Cool. Which one would you like to, to pick up at the beginning of the game? So what's left is the field, mm-hmm. the lake and the strangeness, correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the field. Nice. Choose two aesthetic elements. Oh, I can't say that word. Choose two elements. <laughs> I will choose two aesthetic elements. Very good. Uh, thank you. Number one, it is going to be vibrant. And number two... Let's make this fun. It's going to be teeming with life. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, Ashley, uh, you get the woods. So, ah, uh, write your impact. So this was overwhelmed with um, something beauty, natural beauty. Yeah, that's right. Choose aesthetic elements. Um, oh, wow, there's loads. Uh, okay. I think it's going to be tangled. I quite mm-hmm. like it being quite, um, at least parts of it, not like, not being well managed being real kind of wild and you have to know the routes through it if you're gonna get through it easily oh um i I want it to be a healing place oh so i I, as the the last person i get a choice between the lake or the strangeness i feel like taking the strangeness will be too on the nose for brian i gotta be honest (laughs) uh (laughs) so i i will i will take the lake that doesn't mean to say that the strangeness is not in play and this is the thing as well, once we start with them, we can take from other players as well if they want to. We just have to say it out loud and then move it around on the Myra board. So don't feel like just because you've got something, uh, you it, you are the ownership of that. Now it's all free-flowing as well. So you can feel free to pick up the strangers at any point. So uh, in terms of the lake, two elements are... Oh gosh, there's loads. Um, one of the options is algae-filled, um, <laughs> which I think I'm going to go for. I like the idea is, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, hooray, we get to jump at the lake. And you, as an adult, you're like, oh, God, oh, why would I do that? <laughs> when, you, when you're walking down beside the canal and it's so covered in algae that it looks like a solid surface, and yes. there's always that temptation in the back of your mind to just step out onto it. Like, see if it's like mm-hmm. um, the consistency of, was, was it like custard or something yeah. like that? Oh, well, in that case, then, I think I would also go for the other element. I'm going to go for deceiving. <gasps> I have that sort of idea as well. The Lindworm is the monstrosity that haunts the summer camp. It is the bane of the council's existence, and it will destroy everything they have built if they're not careful. It is the trauma of history, the collective pain of a cruel society, and the violence inflicted upon the marginalised and the vulnerable. It is said to be around 10 feet tall, with arms like tree branches, papery flesh, and a mouth full of too many teeth. It is a shapeshifter, and will steal people's skin after flaying them alive. At the beginning of the session, someone in the group must ask the space they're in if the lindworm is there, and if it would like to play. They must give it around 30 seconds to respond. 
The key thing to remember is that no one player roleplays the Lindworm. Ever. The chosen player discovers the actions of the Lindworm through a deck of cards, which is channeling the Lindworm's ghost. When the players invite the Lindworm to act, they must all close their eyes. The chosen player then opens their eyes and looks at the top three cards of the deck. That player then chooses one of the cards and places it as the Lindworm sees fit, in front of a specific player, a particular location on the map, or even sitting atop the deck to indicate its general atmosphere. It is up to everyone to interpret the meaning of the card based on the Lindworm card action table. Players must interpret the Lindworm's play as brutally as possible, building from some or all of the card's cues. If a player uses a strong move, they may soften the Lindworm's action. This doesn't remove the consequences, but it allows the player to redirect them. Remember, no one ever roleplays the Lindworm, no matter what. So obviously, it's a bit tricky when we're all online, um, but what I will do, I will say uh, in the chat, uh, you can all set it to uh, just to... Uh, message me privately and what we'll do we'll invite the Linworm to play and if anyone feels strongly that they wish to roleplay it just type it into the chat to me and then what will happen is that when we invite the Linworm to act I will draw the cards physically and then I will put them out on the mirror board for us to see and then we will all close our eyes and then whoever is channeling the Linworm can choose which one they want and put it wherever so if everyone's set their Zoom just to private message me, I'll also ask for people to shut their eyes so that you don't see someone just typing away going, yes, me, um, just to close your eyes. I will ask the Lindworm, would you like to join us for our game? Would you like to play? You can open your eyes. Once the players and their setting elements have been chosen, it's time to create the summer camp. Together, players must draw a map of their summer camp using the prompts from the summer camp sheet to guide their process. First thing, we're going to all go around and pick one thing to draw on the thing. So you see, sort of step one, we've got the field at the centre of camp, the lake, the fire pit, the oldest tree in the woods, and the bunks. We'll go in reverse order for this one, uh, but I will go last still. So, uh, Ashley, uh, which one of those would you like to draw, and where would you put it on our map? It's going to have to be the oldest tree in the woods. <laughs> nice. Um, and... It is. Uh, it's going to have to be somewhere off to one side, I think. Like at the. Be nice if the woods were on the kind of the cusp of everything. So where's my little pen? Get ready for some amazing. I'm excited. Five-year-old drawing skills. So excited. Do 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 do
Oh no, it's automatically made the lines really straight. Boo. That looks like a really tall tree though, like this perspective of it. <laughs> oh yeah, I want it to be real tall and have a big old hole in there. <laughs> and this under here is Ashley's hammock. Oh. oh I just made it into a single line. I'll leave you to get on if you want to decorate it even more if you wish. But Cole, um, what would you like to draw? I'm going to be drawing the bunks. Excellent. The bunks are going to be on the opposite side of the campground so that the councillors, the campers, sorry, aren't tempted to go and play with the oldest tree in the woods. <laughs> go and graffiti on it or smoke behind it or wee on it or anything like that. They need to be nice. kept far away. And I will begin to draw, but you know, talk amongst yourselves I while I attempt to draw bugs. <laughs> we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna judge your artistic skill, but we might comment on it. <laughs> oh, I see, those are our bunk beds. Okay, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what they were. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's an interesting interpretation. All right. Well, as you're doing that, Ember, yeah, uh, you've got three things left. You've got the field at the centre of camp, the lake, or the fire pit. I have, a, I have an idea, but... <laughs> I mean, it's got to be the fire pit, right. surely. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to selfishly put it right in the middle. Nice, nice, excellent. Because I can. <laughs> uh, and, oh, right, okay. Oh, I've not got any brown. Wait, no, no, Strat did have brown. Yeah, I, was uh, I had brown. to make brown. You can Custom use a little plus. Brown. Custom brown. Wait, there are colours? <laughs> oh, I can adjust the thickness as well. Oh my god! And this is why you were made camp councillor last. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, you've either got the field at the centre of camp or the lake. I'm going to go left field and not do the lake as nice. the lifeguard. I will do the field at the centre of camp, which nice. means I'm going I'm to draw around uh, the fire pit. Nice. <laughs> you can get a nice collaborative drawing going on here. All right, this well, is vi I'll... vibrant and teeming with life. I get the uh, the bright yellow of the fire going first, so you can, you know, my scope. I like how the fire pit is almost as tall as the oldest tree in the forest. I've got to... <laughs> it's, it's a big fire pit. So are the bunk beds, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> the bunk beds are huge. It's not to scale this, Matt, right? They're triple bunk beds as well. Like, I like ramming that. them in there. Coincidentally, yeah. the field at the centre of camp is roughly baseball diamond <gasps> shaped. No way! Ah, oh, field of dreams. Uh, just just makes just excellent. makes the baseball ban sting even harder. It's awful. <laughs> I'm going to go for the lake. Uh, well, you've not left me much space. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry, very I made the field lake. very large. <laughs> it's a teeny tiny lake. I'm going to go up sort it's of... Uh, yeah, so it, it, yeah. For, for us, uh, sort of looking back on it once we're finished, it's going to be a teeny tiny pond. I'll go top left. So it's just a little bit... It's close to the bunks. I feel these are just like, um, I don't know, like sketches, you know, like artistic sketches before exactly. they actually built them. So... I don't know how much they're paying this architect, though, because it's an awful <laughs> drawing. So I wouldn't feel very safe on that ladder. <laughs> oh, no, those rungs are very uneven. Mm. Like, that is a health and safety risk. Everybody's a critic, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they're quite old, so, you know. I think for um, the, the listener's benefit, you need to detail... It, the, the field at the centre of camp is populated. Mm. Oh, it um, is good. Yeah, and uh, we have, uh, I think, what is a little orange rabbit? I was going for brown. I couldn't quite mix it right. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And um, a, a sheep with no facial features or ears, or a cloud that's fallen down. Possibly. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it tells something that having drawn a rabbit and a sheep, I've now gone on to drawing, like, tufts of grass. Grassy. <laughs> I found my level. 
I was trying to do artistic, like, uh, grass, like uh, Pat was doing for the field, and I've gone, you know what, sorry. Just... <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to add some benches to around the campfire. Ooh, very good, otherwise we're standing up all the time. Yeah. There's a jetty on the lake, that's so good. Yeah, I like that. I'm glad you could tell it was a jetty, not just um, something with, like, five legs, uh, <laughs> which is what I was worried <laughs> it was. I'm just going to add... Something's going in the lake. Is it a duck? It's a little black duck. Very cute. Big as the jetty? Yeah. (laughs) It's a giant... Oh my god! (laughs) It's just really close, and the jetty is far Far away. away. Exactly. (laughs) Step two, each player chooses one. We will go with uh, Ashley. Which one of these would you like to add to the map? I reckon I'm going to go with the sneaking path. Nice. I like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to put the sneaking path... I guess there's no rules of where the sneaking path begins and ends, right? Nope. Right, so I the sneaking path is going to go around the bottom of the bunks, which I'm guessing is in our cabin, skirt around the field, like right along the edges of the thing, and it's going to kind of come up and into the forest nice I this like is it. our sneaky path Josh put so much effort into putting the bunks as far away from the forest as possible <laughs> <laughs> stop the campers going going missing mm-hmm. this is the sneaky path but the sneaking path means they, they get out of it mm-hmm. cole what would you like to add to the map I'm going to yes and the sneaking path so why on earth would you need to sneak to go to the woods from your dormitory. Well, of course, because en route is the secret kissing grove. Hey, yeah. Gonna be over here. I like this. All the other stuff, that's the camp that's in the brochures that the parents see. This is the camp that they're actually coming for. Sneaky kissing. Yeah, the zine they photocopy. (laughs) Yeah. What's this uh, kissing grove looking like then? Was it just like a couple of bushes or is it like a, a proper like... Hideaway? Uh, can you not tell from my artificial? I'm, I'm, I'm vamping for time. I wanted to just. <laughs> so the secret kissing grove, I think, yeah, is like shielded by uh, uh, like a wall of trees off from the sneaking path, and it's quite hard to get through because we know that the woods are overgrown mm-hmm. and uh, quite viney and tangled. I think was the word that was used. So I think if you just know where to go, where to push through, then um, down a little secret path uh, next to a lovely little pond, which I'm just drawing now, oh. is. The Love Grove. The Secret Kissing Grove. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's that's PG. (laughs) Has Cole ever been to the Secret Kissing Grove? Mm. I don't think he has. (laughs) Uh, He's, yeah, he's... But you've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, he's heard of it. He's asked to, like, I I don't know, remove it a few times or, like, clean it up, but he never does. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's had to litter pick the secret kissing grove. Oh, no. That's so sad. (laughs) Ember, which Mm. one of these would you like to add to the map? I'm going to, yes, and the secret kissing grove. (laughs) And I'm going to uh, I'm going to add to it that it's got an abandoned stone well. Ooh, love it. Which um, adds to the, the beauty of the spot. Well, also, of course, kissing is very thirsty work, so you might want to go and get yourself some exactly. water mid-kiss. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe the, the pond has sprung up because the well is, is abandoned. It's no longer maintained. Yes. Oh, I like it. I like it. Pat, which one of these would you like to add to the map? I'm going to make sure that there's at least some amenities in the, the official <laughs> camp. <laughs> um, Nerd. <laughs> 
Uh, and just to play to type, I am going to add a performing stage. Yes. yes. Well done, Matt. Excellent. One of us had to. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of performing stage are you thinking of then, Pat? I'm thinking it's got to be uh, slightly ramshackle, knocked together out of wood planks. Mm-hmm. With a, like, not so ramshackle that it's like just a dais. Like, it, it is a proscenium. It, mm-hmm. has, uh, it has a roof to keep the rain off. It has a rudimentary curtain, mm-hmm. um, but it's still outdoors and it's for sort of camp karaoke and camp talent performances and all that kind of thing. Right. Well, whilst you get on with that, let me see. So the things we've got left, we've got the, the nurse's cabin, the creek with mud castles, the field everyone dreams about, the best stargazing field, the hidden picnic bench, the pyro... Uh, Peroglyph uh, boulders. Well, so that's probably not going to be used because I can't say it. Uh, the swamp, uh, the swamp full of mosquitoes, the path covered in cairns, and the mushroom log. Mm-mm-mm. I think I'm going to go for the creek with mud castles. I was thinking nurse's cabin to help with the amenities, but you know what? Uh, no, I, I, as, as a person, I don't care about that. We, we don't need a nurse. We'll be fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm a health goth. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the woods are healing, so. Exactly. exactly get you in the woods and we're sorted yeah just pl- apply a bit of bark to an arm <laughs> as a sling yes. all those things you're meant to rub on singing nettles it's just all that yeah dock yeah. weed dock all, dock we- all dock leaves yeah so i'm gonna say the the creek is gonna it's gonna come up from the, the north of the map so it's gonna come down and go i think it's gonna go into the lake at some point uh yeah it's just gonna go off map and then i'm gonna put mud castles very sort of um not swamp-like, but like you know, when it's rained, you could possibly have like uh, like big shifts in the landscape. Uh, probably, it's probably quite one of those, um, yeah, like a mudslide essentially. Uh, that maybe uh, a couple of wayward campers might go slide down uh, in the summer. I mean, this is a work of art. It it's beautiful. I didn't realise that we'd have to draw more than just our initial five areas. I would have made the bunk slightly smaller <laughs> to conserve space. No, no, it's fine. That's, yes, that's how did. big they are. <laughs> All right, step three. So as a group, we get to choose two. So we've got a camp cat, courageous leaders, a culture of honesty, economic prosperity, minimum camper drama, <laughs> uh, <laughs> long administrative memory, protected property, easy access to public transport and understanding parents. Cat, we have a cat. I was going to say, can we have yeah. a cat, please? But yeah, you know what's going to happen when the Lindworm arrives, don't you? <laughs> I, I'm happy for a cat, if everyone else is. Yeah. yeah. On your on your head to be it, if you don't look after it, and <laughs> it gets munched on. All right, so as, if someone, as, if a couple of people could draw a cat where, where it might hang out, or, anything like that, or just put something symbol, symbolic on the map. I think the cat has claimed the top bunk. <gasps> oh no nice alright what about the second thing then I know I know we all love the cat <laughs> I say, what maybe. else do we need yeah I don't, I don't care about anything else with the cat. That's fine. <laughs> maybe culture of honesty ooh yeah, yeah. I like that there's a like um, a sort of like we'd rather you told us we won't be mad we just want to know what's yeah. gone on kind of attitude with the campers yeah I like that 
Do you think that Ember has like um, truth and honesty hour around the campfire where everybody has oh. to tell like one, you know, something they've never told anybody before or like we all talk about our feelings? Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to do like a traffic light system. So like, how's everyone mm. feeling today? I'm on an Amber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm on an Ember. Um, yeah. And they, do you, re- do you reckon the kids secretly hate it and they just don't talk and Ember's just like, come on guys, who wants to go first? Come on. Who yeah. wants to, who wants yeah, to hold? You, you put your hand up, Ember puts up, who wants to go first? Is it, it, oh, okay, I'll go first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 absolutely. 100%. I mean, we we have to lead by example if we want a culture of, of honesty in our camp. Exactly. Do you think there's like a tennis ball of honesty or like the stick of truth or something? <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Draw that as a symbol. I think it's like a, an old stick from the woods. Maybe the, a, a bit that's fallen off the uh, the the big old tree, nice. and that you can only share your true self, your true honesty to the group if you're holding that stick otherwise you've got to wait your turn just to add to the stick could it be like have been there for much lot for as long as the camp has and like has had carvings in it and has is like mm. that sort of really smooth wood so it's been had all that and it's something a bit weird about it and yeah. it's it's since there's some probably something d- deeper about the stick and it's now just used <laughs> to allow people to talk I like the idea that, that like there's like this this um this culture behind it like oh we got it from the oldest tree in the wood but like at any point you could go to like uh like uh, uh their version of B and Q and it's like oh god we've, we've broken the stick oh no yeah. and then replace it with something else and then every every summer it's something different but I like I like that as a as a symbol for sure so if someone wants to draw that in the in the center of the field or you could have several different sticks. Do you reckon we've got like a camp flag that's planted outside the entrance and our symbol is just the stick? <laughs> like the stick with a hand around stick. it? Yeah. Yeah. Like a noble house in Game of Thrones with their sigil. You know, that's our camp. Well, to be fair, it is called the Whispering Pines. So, yeah. Um, I'm also imagining uh, like, um, oh, uh, are you are you not able to, to express uh, things honestly to us in words? Why don't you get up on the performing stage mm-hmm. and oh my goodness. mime your feelings? Oh, oh wow. No. <laughs> Two campers that are massively into it and the rest of them are just sat there going, oh no, oh. can't we just go swimming? And if you can't perform on the performing stage, you could tell your secrets to the terrifyingly huge cat that's in your bunk. <laughs> <laughs> I need to ask, what's the name of the camp cat? Mm. Oh, Stick. <laughs> Ranch. Um, Twiggy. Twiggy. I, I like Twiggy. Yeah, Twiggy's Yes. Cool. Obviously named after the uh the icon, but actually has <laughs> deeper meaning. Alright, uh step four. Each player details one thing. So we've got here stuff like where the fire pit used to be, where the frogs used to sing, all these sort of things. So again, we'll go around in that same order. So Ashley. What do you think uh, for this? Fire pit used to be, frogs sing, fairy houses used to be built, where a path used to go, where you used to sneak away to watch... Sorry, Nat, could you move your mouse? It just says where you would sneak away to watch Natalie Winter at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Of the sunrise, to watch the sunrise. That's (laughs) that's good. It's different. Um, Oh, where the witch was spotted. I'm going for that. That sounds like a... A brilliant like camp myth. Yeah, definitely. It's passed down through camp to camper. That's where the mm-hmm. the witch was spotted, but no one could. No one's ever seen it. They've always heard from previous campers. It's always from previous campers. That's where the witch was spotted. So I think the witch is going to have been spotted. I, I would suggest that it was spotted by the abandoned stone well 
that she was somewhere like watching people like kiss and then would hide in the well. I don't know. Oh, so, oh my so God. I was I was thinking that she was spotted just like walking into the lake. Oh, that's Ooh. also good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think it'd say she's gonna. She was seen just stepping off of the jetty. Ooh, yes, yeah, into the mist. Yeah, scary. Lady uh, of the Lake style. Mm-hmm. All right, Cole. What would you like to detail? I was going to take the witch, so um, that's all right. Not a problem at all, because I'm going to go for where you... This is quite sad. Where you used to sneak away to watch the sunrise. Oh. It's been here. Uh. So is this everybody? Everybody's been here, or is it just um, my character? It'll be or? your character, something because like, it's uh, something that's specific to you. Fine. So Cole's been here for a long time. He knows the best place to see the sunrise, uh, and that is at the highest point of the camp, which is on top of the oldest tree in the woods. That's an impressive climb to go mm-hmm. to in the dark. How often would you say uh, Cole goes to watch the sunrise, would you say? Whenever he's sad. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, or whenever he's high, one of the two. Uh, and or both. <laughs> Ember, what would you like to detail? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to stick on on theme and I'm going to take where the fire pit used to be mm-hmm. and I reckon that it used to be practically closer to the bunks and the uh, the log houses uh, and i think that that was a more practical position for it because uh, the kids could gather around the fire have their meal play games or whatever and then go to bed mm-hmm. but now i think ember has petitioned and petitioned for it to be moved to where it is now because that's where the ley lines are excellent <laughs> brilliant and I reckon it's actually probably a bit impractical now. It's kind of in the way. It's reduced the uh, the sports field play area a little bit. It's closer to the forest, which is obviously dangerous with a fire, but it's where the ley lines are. It's important that the fire is there. Pat, what would you like to add? Where the kids kissed when you were young. I think when we were young, there was none of this secret kissing grove nonsense. When we were young, kids kissed in the lake. And used Ooh. like swimming practice as a way to hide their kissing, but then a witch was spotted at the lake, and the lake became full of algae, and that became <laughs> impractical. Mm. wasn't It wasn't as romantic in the lake anymore, so the kids had to find somewhere new. I'm glad you kind of went that way. That's a bit more romantic um, because I thought you were going to say, "No, in my day, we didn't go sneak off to the secret kissing grove to kiss. We just did it." In the ocean, <laughs> out in front of all the adults. <laughs> and they put up with it in my day. So what have I got left? I've got where the frogs used to sing, where the fairy houses used to be built, where the path used to go, where you realised you weren't straight, where the oldest cabins are, where you confessed your childhood crush and where great battles of youth took place. Well, naturally, I feel the last one speaks to me, where the great battles of youth took place. Mm-hmm. They would have taken place around where the uh, the uh, beautiful uh, summer camp uh, flag is. I'd only just seen that. That's a, you know, when I squinted it long enough, it does look like a hand holding a stick. You, re- you do really have to squint, though. I, I apologise. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm just like, it looks like a, an upside down match. That's what I was saying. I was oh, thinking yeah. some kind of uh, funny cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think because the when the fire pit got uh, built, and during that sort of process, the um, the actual field itself was you know it's got animals in and stuff like that, so we weren't necessarily allowed to play the sports out there, even though it's in the shape of a, a baseball diamond. So what we would do instead is sort of rally around the flag and do a sort of weird capture the flag with only using one flag, <laughs> and then get told off constantly like no, it's our only flag. We can't. You don't 
put that down to me etc you know that sort of um and then we just again that sort of thing where you're playing tag and running around and trying to maybe on the edges actually so between the flag and the edges of the wood the people would maybe duck in and hide behind some of the trees and then duck out because there's that fear as well like knowing that um the, the close uh, the deeper you get into the wood the darker it is and uh, there's that sort of always that weird mysteriousness i guess the final thing is we all need to decide what happened last time. So what basically this would be an, an event that affected all of us prior to this sort of one shot, something that we've all shared as an experience and something that we can explore in play. Um, so I'll just I'll read them out for what we've got. We've got um, half the camp danced into the lake and woke up freezing. Uh, flayed animals roamed the woods. One of your friends died. The cops showed up and shut everything down. Uh, each one of you got a scar in the same place on your faces, and no one remembers it's been too long. These are dark. They are dark. Uh, I think, again, it's that sort of thing where it bonded us together. And so this would have happened, this this idea of what happened would have happened to us when we were campers. Mm. So not not necessarily like the last summer when we were when we were councils or anything like that. It's something that ha- happened when we were younger, and it's something that bonded us together. I was just going to say, I find the lake one very compelling. Yep, same. I was yeah. going to say that. Late. Yeah. Excellent. What mysteries does the Whispering Pine Summer Camp hold for our camp counsellors? Find out next time on What Am I Rolling? The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded, and edited by me, Fiona Howard. This episode's players were Matt Boothman, Natalie Winter, Josh Yard, and Richard Stratton from the Merely Role Players podcast. Be sure to check them out on their website, www.merelyroleplayers.com, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode's RPG was Sleepaway, a game of horror, dreams, and summer camp, written by Jay Dragon. You can find out more information about Sleepaway and Jay Dragon's other products on Ichiko. The theme music was 8 Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at wair underscore podcast for the latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers need not apply. Whispering Pine Summer Camp is twinned with the town of Sheridan. Visit Sheridan for its historic Cobble Market Street, or the frankly improbable variety of rare birds found in the town's ancient woodland. If you want some quiet time, why not check out our local library? It has a whole wing donated by noted horror writer Calistaria Softbinding. Just be careful which books you check out. Some of them are real killer reads. Audio tours of Sheridan, guided by knowledgeable locals, are available from the Merely Role Players podcast. Visit merelyroleplayers.com for more information or search your usual podcasting app for Merely Role Players.